0: Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie.
1: Good
0: morning, Nia. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm good. I want to start with a power grab, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. So when I'm president, I'd like to make 10 or 12 new states.
0: No, oh. I'd
1: like to make an odd number. I'd like to make seven or nine new states.
0: Okay, so why an odd number?
1: Because uh, I think it'll make things worse. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like well, I, I'm previewing an idea you're going to get to much, much later, either in this podcast or in the next podcast, because we're going to have uh, two little sister podcasts here on this question, which the first question we're going we're to ask and answer, well, I'm going to ask and August going to answer, is how in the heck do we get a state to start with? Yes. And then, and then we're going to get to the second part of this, this two-parter, which is how does D.C., become a state, which is an entirely different question than how other things become a state, right? Because
0: your average
1: run-of-the-mill Puerto Rico is not going to go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that ugly Puerto Rico. I just mean Puerto Rico is a territory or Guam or one of the other American Samoa. That would be a whole different kettle of fish than DC. DC has its own set of (laughs) issues.
0: Yeah, there are complications related to the District of Columbia becoming a state. And listeners, to Nia's credit, um, and she's, you know, she's, she's showing quite a bit of flexibility and accommodation here. Uh, initially, uh, the topic for today's podcast episode was a, comparatively a pretty simple question. Okay, How does Congress make a state? And then I started preparing my research notes.
1: (laughs) Right. And then Auggie's like, we're going to have to address DC separately. (laughs) And and I was like, oh, really? And then I looked at the notes and there's three and a half pages of notes just on DC. And I was like, I see. Okay,
0: (laughs) DC is
1: really its own animal.
0: Yeah, and to, to Nia's credit, okay, she's just like, okay, quite obviously, (laughs) Augie had some fun, okay, um, doing this research, so let's go with this, okay, but to your first question, um, uh, the process of of, of making a state. Right, so
1: So, to start off with, when I'm president, I cannot just make a state.
0: That is correct. I can't
1: say, Puerto Rico, welcome to statehood, you are the 51st star on the flag. That is not, I can say that, but it doesn't actually make that happen. That is right? correct. Because presidents can say all kinds of stuff.
0: Sure. Um, and, <laughs> and as we've discussed in previous podcast episodes, they have.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> but that does um, not make it so. It does not make it so. Um, uh, the authority of the federal government to create states um, resides with the United States Congress. Um, and specifically, Article 4, Section 3, there is a clause.
1: Of course. Note,
0: Of course there is. Of
1: course there's a clause.
0: Okay, and and, and we've given it a nice little title, uh, the Admissions Clause. Okay, the Admissions Clause. Currently, 37 of our 50 states have been admitted to the country pursuant to this clause. And you will note, listeners, the first 13, okay, didn't have to go through this process, okay? They were already, okay, um, uh, states per the Articles of Confederation. So when the constitution was proposed, nine of those 13 had to ratify the constitution. When all 13 eventually did, they were granted admission, admittance into this fine club, right? the club known as the United States of America, right? So 37 of the 50 have been admitted by Congress via the admissions clause, okay? Okay. Now, the process that has developed over time, okay, is basically, you could say roughly three, possibly four steps, okay? First, okay, Congress, in another part of Article 4, Section 3, has typically recognized territorial governments. Territories of the United States, the United States Congress has typically recognized them as territories and have given them the authority of self-rule. Okay, so for instance... You mentioned Puerto Rico uh, a few moments ago.
1: Right.
0: Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States. The United States Congress in the uh, uh, the 1950s gave Puerto Rico the authority to create their own self governing constitution. So, that's usually the first step. Your territory. Okay. You want to demonstrate that you can run okay, things within the jurisdiction of your territory. Okay. Congress says, here's some show authority. Us your,
1: show us your constitution.
0: Yeah. Show you know, show us or your show con- us
1: your ability to organize politically and and write this document that would then be agreed to and governed. Like I'm assuming that when people do write a constitution, it's not one person, like it wasn't one person for the United States, right? It's a group of people, they get together, they find out what should mean what, and then the people basically agree, yes, that's our constitution. And so it shows that you can organize politically, that you can, and that you can do that sort of thing. And I, I want a side note here The United States also has protectorates that are not territories.
0: That is correct.
1: Right. So they have not gone through this process. They're just spots where they say we're hanging out with the U.S. because they seem like good peeps. And but there's not actually a. That's right. They they probably don't actually say that. But there's not a there's not a formal recognized status called territory. Because right. territories, don't they get to come to Congress and say things?
0: Uh, that's they up to the don't Cong- get
1: to vote, right? But they get to.
0: That's up to the Congress. Oh, okay. Okay. That's up to the Congress. Okay. So that's typically the first step. Okay. Congress recognizes you as a territory. Okay. They give you some ability of self-rule. And according to the admissions clause, okay, all Congress has to do is pass a law granting you statehood if it wanted. But historically, what Congress (laughs) has done
1: is make it much harder than that.
0: It's made it much harder.
1: We can't just go around willy-nilly letting anybody in who wants to be in. That lowers the value of the club.
0: Yes, right. right? You have
1: to, you have to make some sort of it's like hazing. You have to go, go through some kind of ritual in order to be part of this club because it can't just be as simple as you paid your dues by writing a constitution, now you're good.
0: Yeah. So what typically Congress does is pass what's known as an enabling act. It enables the territory to convene a constitutional convention, to draft a constitution for the potentially new state. Okay.
1: And they have to fill out an application, right? They have to actually write a letter of, dear United States Congress, <laughs> to whom it may concern, we, The territory of Frippelschnapp would like to be considered for statehood.
0: Yeah, they have to apply. And typically what has happened is the territory, after they write their their constitution, will then reach out to members of Congress to propose a bill, okay, Ah. for Congress to consider to grant this territory statehood. Now, at this point, Congress historically okay, has attached all kinds of conditions and qualifications on some territory's applications for statehood. Okay? You got to swallow three
1: live fish.
0: <laughs> you have to
1: steal the dean's fiat and put it together on the top of the building. <laughs>
0: You must drink an obscene amount of coffee before you can be admitted into Congress. Yeah, like okay. there's some, Okay. again, so, with
1: the hazing, but also because, and in all seriousness, because in the case of some states, <clears throat> Utah, you, you, they had rules like against polygamy, right? They had to outlaw polygamy in Utah in order to be accepted as a state into the union. I'm assuming because they didn't want to have the fight of whether all states should then be allowed to have polygamy, right? Well, like that would prevent that question.
0: There, there were a number of considerations that went into that particular condition placed on Utah's application, right? Um, uh, mainstream religions made it very clear um, that they were against the practice, Right. okay? Um, uh, you also had women's rights groups um, who, you know, even in the 1800s, made it very clear to Congress okay, this is an unacceptable practice in regards to uh, the treatment of women. Um, um,
1: well, and modernly, you get the phrase, um, when, when, any, whenever marriage of any kind comes up, marriage between one man and one woman, and that one man, one woman leads back to polygamy, also preventing gay marriage for years and years and years. Because that's right, trying to set up the genders, but also trying to set up the the numerals, right, one and one. Um, so, you know. and even now, when you talk about gay marriage, it is still one individual and one individual. It is not. We do not have poly-marriage in this,
0: in this country. In this country. Okay. Um, but at other times, Nia, uh, particularly before the Civil War, um, oh, yes, Congress would go ahead and decide, okay, uh, and there would be pitched battles about this. Should this state be uh, admitted into the union as either pro-slavery or Anti slavery.
1: Wasn't that a big thing for Kansas when the, when uh, their stateness came? Stateness. I know that's not a.
0: Okay, but the compromise, word, but... Uh, the, the, the Missouri compromise of 1820, okay, uh, drew a line across the country, okay, basically north of the Mason Dixon. Any territory would have to be admitted as free. Any state below the Mason Dixon would be admitted as slave, okay? Um, The Compromise of 1850, uh, you just referenced in regards to Kansas, right? Was Kansas gonna come in as a free or slave state? Okay? So you had these pitched battles in regards to whether or not a state could have slavery or would it be prohibited? Because abolitionists were like, we don't want any more slave states. Right. Okay. Southern states were like, well, how do we go ahead and make sure that our institution of slavery gets protected unless we have, okay, a one-to-one match of slave versus free states as it relates to the Senate in particular? Because the Senate was always viewed as the congressional institution that would mitigate okay the popular passions okay that made a rise in the house of representatives right
1: hence why it is a 6 year term versus a two-year 2 year term 2 year term right the it, theory is that 6 years will will buy you more time to slow down that's right and and deeply think about things whereas 2 years is a quick right populist i came here on a wave of prohibition on a wave of this on a wave of that and we're going to do that thing and then i may or may not be bounced from my position
0: yeah i mean if you're if you're a member of the house of representatives nia you effectively have about a year and a half to get stuff done that you can run on for re-election right right uh and i say a year and a half even though they have two-year terms because you got to start running for yeah you got to start campaigning and, right? get,
1: and and getting money Right. Getting like money, it's, et cetera. Right.
0: But with Senate, since you got a six year term, you can you can take your time. OK. Um, and by the way, we still see this today in the modern Congress. Right. The House of Representatives has passed. OK. A whole bunch of legislation.
1: Right. That the Senate immediately slows down and slow. works yeah. We're going to put that in committee and we're going to think about it and we'll get back to y'all in about 12 it, years.
0: And in fact, the related topic we're going to get to in the next podcast episode, D.C. statehood, okay, has already been passed by the House. A couple times. A couple times, but it's not even, okay, been considered by a committee in the Senate yet. (laughs) Okay. And members of the House are chomping at the bit, okay, to like, you know, let's, let's get go, things people. Done. Let's go. Right. OK. OK. And you got a couple senators who are like, oh, wait a minute here. And when I say a couple, I'm talking about a couple Democratic senators. Right. OK. They're, you know, they're well, slowing things down. Right? There's
1: and there's also the idea of languishing. Things just languish in the Senate in a different way than they do in the House. But I, I'm fascinated by a, a bit in your notes that I wanted to mention to people, which is requiring that a state before it comes into the union practice religious tolerance. And I, I think it's fascinating because it would never have occurred to me that a state could declare a state religion. Um, and I don't know if that references Utah, but there are other states that are heavily one faith. Yes. And, and, and could have been rather intolerant of people of other faiths.
0: Yeah, what, and
1: uh, so the, the Congress many, basically said, no, 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 you can't. If you're going to be a state, the First Amendment applies to you, too, which is that...
0: Well, and this touches upon two issues, one historical, political, and then the other one constitutional, right? What many Americans today don't recognize is most of the colonies, which ended up becoming states had religious, if you will, components to them, right? Right. So my home state of Pennsylvania was settled by Quakers. The state of Maryland was by and large settled by Catholics. Okay. Um, A number of Southern states were settled by Baptists. The state of Massachusetts was settled by and large, okay, by, you know, you know puritans okay well and then um, when you
1: get into the western st- or the north the midwest states were a lot lutheran and
0: methodist yes the,
1: right the faiths that come out of scandinavia
0: that's right because
1: right. there are scandinavian folk who came over so, and said minnesota looks just like home right okay, and w- which settled. then
0: brings in brings into play at that point the first amendment had already been ratified and the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. Okay. And you got the two parts of the Religion Clause no establishment of religion, but you have to respect the free exercise of individuals' religious beliefs. Right. Right. But initially, the Bill of Rights was viewed as only applicable to the federal government. I'm going to restate that. Okay. Well into the late 1800s, the Supreme Court said the Bill of Rights were added to the Constitution as limits on the federal government, not state governments.
1: I see. So if the the Congress wanted to limit the establishment of a religion, they would have to make it a condition
0: condition of statehood. statehood.
1: Oh, I see. You're going to have to agree to follow the federal guidelines of not establishing and not preventing.
0: Free exercise of religion. I
1: see. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So they were, they were applying the Bill of Rights to states as they were coming, as they were coming in. Part of what Congress was doing was saying, no, 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 you have to abide by the same the same yes. stuff as the original states, as the original 13, which do have to abide by the. Wow. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. All right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So once Pat, Congress passes the Enabling Act, if a territory is willing to go ahead and draft a constitution and satisfy any potential conditions or qualifications, then Congress passes a law and sends it to the president for the president's signature of admitting a new state. Okay. Again, technically, according to the admissions clause of the U.S. Constitution, the only step that is required is Congress passing an act that says, we want you to join our club. That's all they have to do. But notice what I just described has at least three, you could argue, four steps. Okay. Because they always send it to the president for the president's signature. Theoretically, In case people not,
1: hate it later.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, go ahead and share the blame, right? Right. Okay. You know, that's the great thing about bicameralism, right? A lot of a lot of a lot of Americans complain, okay, well, this is such a time-consuming process. Whoa, 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 whoa. The framers were on to something here in regards to, you know, sharing the blame, right?
1: But also slowing things down. Sure. You don't want to just pell-mell make decisions that are going to affect the entire nation. And for the founders, the entire nation was relatively small. But they were looking forward to the idea that maybe it would get bigger. Right. They knew the continent was out there it's not like they thought everything ended at the Appalachian mountains. they weren't stupid they 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 knew that there was a bunch of more stuff, and that we were likely eventually to either take that territory by war or buy that territory from other places, which is what we in fact ended up doing for the most part, except Texas, which was a war, but we won't get into that now.
0: But that- well, Interestingly enough, Texas and California are the only two states that were never territories before they became states.
1: Is that because there were wars for them? Yes, yes. Okay, so if, you, so if we decided I'm not, saying we would but if we decided that Vancouver Island was beautiful and we decided we (laughs) wanted to have it and we just sort of (laughs) snuck over the Canadian border and took it by force then it wouldn't have to go through this process we could just say ours now and it's a state the state of Vancouver
0: yeah. I mean win. I know the
1: Canadians are likely to fight about that because they really like Vancouver and the well, Canucks. I mean, the know, Canucks regularly a... win the cup, so I can see why they would they would be put out if we took it. But
0: Well, you know, hey, think about all those, you know, uh Michiganers, okay, that, you know, cross over into Ontario, right? <laughs> You know, hey, Wouldn't let's just take be, much.
1: We yeah, just, right. <laughs> okay. You well, know, we decided to, don't y'all want to be part of us? That'd be great. And
0: Okay. Or, you know, Canadians hey, no, are we'll,
1: too polite to tell us they don't want to make a state with us. So,
0: yeah. Or, you, you know, know, a bunch of folks in Maine are like, hey, Maine's getting too crowded. I say that as a joke. Maine's yeah. getting too crowded. <laughs> okay. You know, we-
1: Nova need, Scotia looks good.
0: Yeah. How about <laughs> it? Right
1: but okay so okay so texas and california because we won them in war we could just declare them states and call it good
0: Uh, that's pretty much what happened yes
1: okay but that means that they also didn't get the restrictions laid on them that might have been laid on them otherwise that that explains why texas and california are our two bonkers states
0: well i mean (laughs) it's
1: i'm sorry but there are most bonkers states of all of our states. Although Florida, I'm looking at you because I don't want you to feel left out. You're third on the list and sometimes you're first on the list.
0: Yeah, but, you know. in listeners, what me is referring to is uh, in both the states of California and Texas in uh, the past roughly dozen to 15 years, there have been proposals submitted by members of their state legislatures for both of those states to secede from the union. (laughs) Right,
1: to be their own countries. They're like, we didn't want to be states with y'all anyway. (laughs) Okay, but that brings an interesting question, which is part of this whole question of statehood, um, which is, so let's just pretend that Texas decides to leave. Yeah. Texas cannot just take chunks of other states, like it can't, say we don't really like this panhandle shape so we're gonna take Oklahoma so that we can have a big rectangle. Like they can't can't do that, right? States, when you're making a new state, you don't make a state out of other states unless Uh, those states choose to give up.
0: Well, that gets a little bit complicated. Okay. Um, The classic example of, of what you just described is the creation of the state of West Virginia. Okay. Right. Um, when Which the,
1: used to just be
0: Virginia. That's right. So as the civil war uh, uh, commenced in the United States, um, Virginia um, uh, uh, voted to secede from the Union. But there was a part of what was then the state of Virginia that didn't want to do that. So Yeah, we want no
1: part of this.
0: We want no part of this. And they officially declared that they were still the state of Virginia, (laughs) okay? (laughs) And then they reached out to the Congress, which at that point- was basically just comprised of representatives and senators from the union states the northern states
1: right because the southern states were like well we don't we don't want to go to your stupid congress because we're not part of your stupid country
0: that's right and the united states congress okay granted statehood okay to what is now west virginia and when the war ended
1: they the got state, to
0: keep it. Uh, the, the state of Virginia was like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we seem to have gotten smaller, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, and when a case was filed and was heard by the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court basically went ahead and used the political questions doctrine, a rule of justiciability, and said, um, that's for the political branches to decide we're not getting involved.
1: <laughs> ah. Okay. So Virginia sued West Virginia and said, y'all have to come back.
0: And, and, and Congress and West- said,
1: I mean, and and the and the West Virginia said, nah. And because it was an interstate thing, it goes up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says, um, look, a pterodactyl. And they all get up and leave the room. <laughs> yes. And they leave a note on the desk that says, Congress shall settle this by XOXO Supreme Court. And
0: yes, because okay. there is no provision in the U.S. Constitution oh, for
1: unstating
0: for, un- for one unstating, but two, back to your original question, the annexation of property or territory by one state of another. So, you know, let's just say for instance in Virginia, right? Or in most states, loc- there is in state constitutions, a process that must be followed if one city wants to go ahead and take property from another city.
1: Annexation.
0: Annexation, right? So, me uh, nee and I uh, 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 work at VCU. We're in central Virginia, right? Okay. Um, In the city of Richmond, the city of Richmond, okay, I think in the 1970s, actually annexed property from two surrounding governments, Enrico County and Chesterfield. Now, did Enrico County and Chesterfield like this? No, but the city of Richmond followed the annexation process laid out in the Virginia Constitution, in the Virginia State Legislature approved it, okay? They approved it. But there is no such process in the U.S. Constitution that allows for, you know, in the hypothetical you raised, Texas to say, yeah, we really don't like that whole panhandle, that little sliver of land that Oklahoma has, okay?
1: And rather than give ours up, we're gonna take theirs because we're gonna that's take theirs how that you know, we, would work. <laughs> I mean, Texas would never say, y'all go ahead and keep that.
0: That's not. (laughs) If you look at a map of the United States, Nia, in in, in this point was driven home by my daughter, because when the pandemic hit, we got a jigsaw puzzle of the United States Ah. comprised of the states. In the
1: shape of the states?
0: Yes. Right. So you had to actually go ahead and put together the United States okay, in the puzzles were state. The puzzle pieces were states. Now, as a parent, I was just like, hey, this is a cool way to go ahead and teach my daughter the states of the United States. The first thing my daughter Mackenzie says was, daddy, why are some of these states oddly shaped?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, because what happened, dear, dear, was that when we first started making states, we made them whatever shape they wanted to be. And then later when we started making states, we made them squares because they would fit easier in Tupperware containers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Not quite. But you know I mean because you get all those square states starting with starting really with Illinois and going yeah. west. A lot of that is square except Idaho, which messes everything up. But you know that
0: well, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and Mackenzie pointed that out. Well, and, and, and states one with of the the one, edges. Yeah, and she was just <laughs> like, you know, what's this little sliver doing? Why isn't that like part of? And I was just like, it it it's historical settlement patterns. Okay, yeah. Uh, the United States Congress all of a sudden was just like, you know, can't you have you know, you know, squares or parallelograms or <laughs> you know. she was just like
1: something easier to draw on the map yeah right
0: you know because if you take a look at the east coast and you go to the mississippi river and slightly beyond the mississippi river i mean the 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 shapes of the states are just bizarre right Right. okay um and and, and mackenzie was just like oh so that's the state that looks like half of a triangle and i was just like uh you mean and she was just like yeah 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 it's a half a triangle that'd be Nevada,
1: (laughs) right, you know exactly what I was talking about, yeah, well, but you know, I, I get it, because that's how I identify them on a map, like I, the shapes are, I had a similar map to what Mackenzie has when I was a kid, um, made out of very thick wood, and you, you put it in there, and eventually all the states became the United States, but I, uh, so there is no way at the federal level for Texas to say we're just gonna engulf Oklahoma unless Oklahoma said, all right, we'll leave with y'all. We'll make like Oklahoma could agree to make a country with te- with Texas right Like they could say
0: okay but but now you're talking about but you're talking about secession
1: right which and is again, a whole different animal.
0: But again, there is no provision in the u.s constitution that allows a state to secede
1: (gasps) so what you're telling me is the united states is the hotel california you can join anytime you like but you can never never leave
0: right that's right okay nice oh well
1: anytime we can make an eagles reference i'm happy
0: yeah which is a great song um um, and uh uh in by the way good luck trying to figure out what they were actually trying to say in that song, but nevertheless, <laughs> right? They were okay?
1: probably a little altered when they wrote it, but that's- Well, you mean. know,
0: hey, it was the mid seventies, okay? And this is, you know, a band that was, you know, created in the state of California. Um, you know, uh, you do the math, um, but <laughs> according to constitutional law scholars, that was one of the constitutional issues being fought over in the civil war, right? You can't leave. You know, There's you nothing slavery, that allows
1: you to leave. You, you had
0: slavery, you had federalism, but you also had this broader question. Once you were admitted, can you leave? And the Confederate states were like, yes, we can. Yes, and, we can.
1: And the lawyers for the Union side said, show us no, in the Constitution can't. where it says that you're allowed to leave. That's no, right. No, you have to settle your differences in a different way. because." Yeah. Your differences can't process. be, right, your differences can't be, well, then fine, I'm just going to leave, right, because that's, I mean, if you had states doing that, it's fine for the ones on the edges, right, Texas, California, Montana, right, if you're on an edge and you want to leave a country, that's one thing, but if you're Quebec and you want to leave Canada, which happens on a fairly regular basis, the Quebec says, we want to be free, and Canada says, Okay, but that makes a donut in our country. Like what we can't just, (laughs) you can't just leave and leave a big hole. So like,
0: beyond the whole visual representation, Colorado can't
1: just leave.
0: Beyond the whole visual representation issue. Again, remember, think about the admissions process. Okay. You have taken affirmative steps as a territory to create a constitution, to abide by the laws, and the constitution of the U.S. government, okay? So you've made a conscious choice. right? Are you sure you wanna do this, right?
1: How long does that generally take in all seriousness? Is that a multi-year process?
0: Oh yeah, it's typically a multi-year process. Okay, Um, so that's
1: not something you just swing into action in a two-year general assembly session in your state. That's a- No, I
0: I mean, for some cases it took decades. Right? Okay, it, you know, so you had record. plenty
1: of time to read the Constitution and back out if you didn't like. Yeah. if you didn't like your lacks of your lack of doing what you want to do.
0: For example, to your to that point, Nia. Puerto Rico, by the last count that I uh, uh, read, Puerto Rico has taken six non-binding votes on whether or not they want to become a state, okay? You know, Puerto Rico has been a territory of the United States since the Spanish American War at the turn of the 20th century, okay?
1: Right.
0: And because Puerto R- the citizens of Puerto Rico can't make up their mind, and by the way, the results of those non-binding votes have oscillated back and forth, right? Currently, right now, public opinion polls in Puerto Rico is uh, uh, the majority of Puerto Ricans don't want to join the union. Big shock after how they were treated, okay, um, after certain hurricanes in the last four to five years, right? Okay, big shock. Why in the hell would we want to join that country when they treated us so poorly as a territory? But at other points, the citizens of Puerto Rico have wanted to do it, but they've never gotten around to asking congress for an enabling act to write a state constitution a state constitution
1: oh so i didn't realize puerto rico doesn't have a constitution
0: it has a self-governing constitution oh, but they don't have, have a constitution okay to be for for it to be a state gotcha okay because right now the united states congress could pass a law and basically tell puerto rico you no longer govern yourself on a daily basis. They could do Congress could do that because again, so what point per, per the property clause of article 4 of the Constitution, section 3, Congress has legal authority and control, over territories right so if Congress wanted to go ahead and say to Puerto Rico tomorrow sorry you guys no longer govern you're going to have to go ahead and get every major government decision budgeting law enforcement okay water sewer etc approved by these committees in the House and the Senate the Congress could do that
1: or they could appoint someone and say This is the governor of Puerto Rico and he represents the United States Congress and you will do what he or she says. Yes. And Puerto Rico's choice at that point is either to acquiesce or go to war. Yes. That's it. They can either say fine or they can say, you know what, we don't want to be a territory anymore. We'd like to see you put a governor down here. We're going to kick some butt and take some names, and then the United States would have to decide if it's going to do the British Falkland Islands thing, where yes. it comes and fights over
0: a little bit of piece of property. <laughs> okay, right. yes.
1: and that—that's an interesting question because that would well, that's a whole separate issue, and that's a that's an interesting podcast we should do sometime. But okay, so then
0: what so has been now what it? The, yeah, go ahead, Neema.
1: Oh, sorry. So so now a state comes and it says, "Okay. All right, we concede to your demands. We will do things your way. We want our state." Yes. Right? And it's now equal to all the other states. Like it's not the state that has to bring donuts to the first st- state meeting after it joins the state because it's the junior state right there's no junior state versus senior states or anything like that when it comes in it gets to come in as you're just as statey as connecticut which has been here the whole time
0: yes what you're referring to nia is called the equal footing doctrine okay and this was declared by the supreme court in the case of Pollard's lessee versus Hagan in 1845. The United States Supreme Court held that states, when they're admitted into the country, have the same authorities, okay, the same privileges as any other state that has been admitted into the Union. So size
1: doesn't matter, age doesn't matter, none of that matters, you, welcome to statehood, you now have the same crap to deal with as every other state. (laughs) Yes, right. Now you have to fix your roads in a certain way, you have to tax in a certain way, you have to- You have to
0: comply with federal- Interstate commerce in a certain way. That's right, okay. And this,
1: by the way, the Supreme Court is now-
0: is basically uh your daddy
1: yeah they're (laughs) your ruler in that way of when you have a fight with the state next door that's going to be settled by the supreme court parents
0: that's right okay Okay. you're not going to be able to go you're not going to be able to go go to war okay well Um, more
1: importantly you can't go to congress and say north dakota's being mean to me make them stop because congress is going to say that's a matter for the courts
0: Yes, or it's a matter of, you know, uh, for consideration in our time consuming committee process. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy that now. Okay? Exactly. I hope okay. you like that. In, in, in what the court was trying to emphasize with the equal footing doctrine is that just because you're admitted as a state doesn't mean you give up your sovereignty. Within your jurisdiction, right? You know, so you know when Hawaii was en- uh, was admitted into the country as a state um, in the mid 20th century. Hawaii has the same sovereign authority as California, Texas, you know, Wyoming, any other state. Okay, they get to go ahead and decide. Okay you know, do they want to have a governor? Okay. You know, and again, this was written into their constitution that is, is part of their application for, for admittance. Right. right. How
1: often are they going to have elections? How long are those term limits? What, are, what kind of, what kind of general assembly or parliament or whatever you want to call it? What, you know, their what state? kind of state
0: legislature are you going right. to have? Right. Are you going to have a, a, a state police force? but also local police departments, right? Um, you know, you know what kind of public education system are you going to have? You get to make those decisions as a state. You don't give up that jurist, that sovereign, if you will, authority simply because you were admitted in the mid-20th century, whereas New York was one of the founding states, okay, and they get to do things differently. No, you get the same authority, privileges, but also you have to comply with the U.S. Constitution.
1: I was going to say, but you have the same restrictions. So yes. when the federal government makes a requirement of certain kinds of education, then yes. you have to comply with that. You have to have a Head Start program. If every other state has a Head Start program, you don't get to say, we don't want one. That's well, not oh, no, how no, that no, no, works. no,
0: no, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute. Remember, in cooperative federalism, Okay, a state, okay, you gave the example of head start. Let's say a state doesn't want to do head start. Okay, fine. then you get none of the money. Remember that? that, that
1: okay, I see what you're saying. then okay,
0: because you know we live in a state.
1: Oh that's true because there are governors right now uh, as we are recording who are saying we don't want the extra federal the, um, the enhanced unemployment. Unemployment money, and they can say that, and then the federal government's like, Great, we can use that money someplace else. That's like, right. We don't, uh, okay, you're right. Okay. Yeah. But, but they can't in Hawaii uh, for quite a long time, they had a royal family. That's right. Because Hawaii was a country with royalty. You would not be allowed to have royalty in a state because the federal government does not recognize. That's right. Royalty in the United States, we don't recognize royal titles.
0: Um, Sorry, Harry,
1: but you're here. You may be Prince Harry because we like to call you that, but technically, that means absolutely nothing to your, to to any potential citizenship you might choose to try to get in the United States because we don't recognize royal titles.
0: Well, and, and, and in fact, there's actually a Supreme Court case. Concerning uh, the uh, uh, property that uh, rurals took from native Hawaiians in the 19th century. And uh, the Hawaiian state legislature uh, 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 passed a law creating a program to give that land back. Ah. And some of the ancestors of the rural family in Hawaii were like, Hey, wait a minute here! You can't take our property, and according to the Supreme Court, yeah, you can, right? Because in the United States, rural families, okay, don't have any kind of legal weight. They do right? not
1: have divine right. That's right. Which
0: okay? is what?
1: Which is how you r- rule? Yes. In most royal situations, they they consider themselves to have divine right and the United States does not recognize divine right. So to wrap up this, this half of this question, if you're not DC, there's a pretty clear, and we're gonna to get to DC cause that's messy, but you're, there's a pretty clear process, which is that the, the Congress says, we're gonna write this act, which is gonna let you write a constitution. Now go home, do your homework. And you take several years to find out a constitution that you can live with and that your state can agree on, and then you ask for a piece of legislation to to grant you statehood. That's right. And then the rest of Congress goes meh, 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 and they discuss it for however long they're going to discuss it, and then I assume that most of the time, by the time you get to that point. The Congress says yes.
0: Eventually, and the reason why I say eventually is then political considerations kick in in the United States Congress, typically in regards to partisanship,
1: power sharing. Is this yeah. if this state comes in as Democrat?
0: How, then- is, this go, how is this going to affect? In particular the balance in the senate
1: right because nobody cares about the balance in the house because it changes so frequently
0: yeah i mean, well, I mean people
1: care but they don't care nearly as much as they do in the senate
0: because the senate has fixed representation every state gets two senators right okay and you add a state okay that is one party dominated by one party or the other okay then the other party in the Senate is like, whoa, 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 what's this gonna do to the numbers, okay? And the classic example is the last two states that were admitted into the union, Hawaii Hawaii and Alaska. Alaska. Now today, Hawaii is uh, a majority Democrat. And today, Alaska is a majority Republican.
1: But that was reversed when they came in, right? Because that is correct. That it, okay. because of what Democrat and Republican meant at Met the time. Back then, right? This is part of that thing that you and Bill Newman catch me on every time, which is me thinking that the definition of Democrat and Republican have not reversed when, in fact, in, they have. They have
0: a um, number of times.
1: <laughs> so, a number of times. Right? So, in that particular instance, when. When uh, Alaska came in, it was Democrat, which would be conservative and right and yeah, sort of and, you know buttoned down. And, 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 and Hawaii, Hawaii came in as Republican, and Publican. they were wild and progressive. And and now those two things have reversed, but they have managed to stay what they've managed to stay in balance.
0: They, they've stayed in balance, but sometimes that will happen. Congress will go ahead and wait to admit two or three states, okay, to satisfy partisan balance. Got it. And that's, I think a really good segue, okay, to end this particular uh, episode, because one of the big issues that we will explore to the question of, okay, admitting the District of Columbia as a state is that there is a huge concern that admitting D.C. as a state will affect the partisan balance in the United States Senate? I,
1: I, having um, read your notes, that is just one of a thousand things. Oh, yes. That, that, Whenever somebody says, here, here's a can of worms, and you look at the outside of a can of worms, and it says statehood for D.C., and you're like, wonder what's in this, right, <laughs> and, it, and it's one of those things that snake, when it pops out and hits you in the face, like, oh, okay, so there's much I, I, more to come I, I, on that, but, but that's a fascinating,
0: because. Yeah, D.C. statehood reminds me of, you know, the genie in the bottle. Yeah, right? you okay. really want
1: to open this?
0: Yeah, right. You know, you really want to go ahead and awaken the genie and have the genie say, hey, you got got three wishes, right? And on the surface, you're like, woohoo, three wishes, right? And then the genie says, well, you weren't specific. So now I'm making you a cow. Yeah,
1: you're like, I want to live a great life. And they're like, okay, cows live great lives. Moo. And you're like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) What, what, what? Or in fact,
1: you're actually saying moo, moo, moo. So... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Okay, um, well
1: yeah. I'm looking forward to that, Augie, and we'll we'll pick that up next time.
0: All right. Thanks, Nia. Thank you. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries.